Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome everyone to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Tavara Johnson, and you know me, I'm always excited for today's show. Today I have a woman, I'm telling you, she is walking in her God-given purpose, and she is making an impact in the lives of so many. She will be sharing some great nuggets as well as some of her journey as to how she has emerged from a place of obscurity to dominate the spirit of influences that God would have given to her. And so I want to welcome Sheba Wilson to the show, and indeed, it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. Thank you so much, Tavara. It's a pleasure for me to be here to share with your audience, and thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule just to be able to come on and inspire as well as empower our listening audience this evening. But before we get started, I just want you to just share a little bit of who Shiva is that our listening audience as well as just briefly some of the things that you do. Okay, so um, first of all, I'm a, a woman of faith, a child of God, and I believe firmly in the four P's, and that's pray, pray, prayer, planning, preparing, and then producing what God has given me to produce. And that's the way that I, you know, focus on anything. I start with prayer because I want to hear directly from God and, and make sure that whatever I'm doing is aligned with his purpose and his will for my life. I'm a mother of four children and a widow of eight years. Um, I work in human resources, I love training and development, especially focusing on leaders because, as my mentor John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so making sure that persons are developing sound character, which is the foundation, I believe, of leadership, and um, making sure that you are adding value to yourself first and foremost so that you become valuable and can add value to others. So my life is centered around developing leaders. And whether that's in the marketplace, whether that's in the church, I work with young girls. Um, I'm also a facilitator for Girls Club at our local youth center. And I do that because I wish that I had that when I was growing up. And so the earlier we can impart Mm -hmm. wisdom and give the tools to our young girls for how to navigate life, to discover who they truly are, I believe that we would equip them to be able to do all that God has called them to do. Um, So I do that as well. I'm an author of the best-selling book, Get Up and Lead, and the 90-day Get Up and Lead guided journal. Uh, I share my life story in that book, but not just my life story, some of the techniques and strategies that I have learned throughout my journey that has caused me to experience my picture of success so that uh, others mm-hmm. can learn from that and use it in their personal journeys as well. Wow. You are doing some amazing things. And, um, you know, you kind of touched on some of the stuff that I want to ask you about. You definitely want to delve a bit more um, into that. So, 
you would have mentioned that, and I totally agree with the statement, by the way, um, in terms of our mentor being John Maxwell and him saying that everything rises and falls on leadership. So I want you just to talk to us a bit about what does this statement mean to you? Sure. So for me, I believe first and foremost that all of us are leaders in our own right, whether you're leading in your home, whether it's leading in your personal life, because you you have to lead your own life, right? And you can never Mm -hmm. be effective at leading anyone until you have mastered leading yourself. So when people think of leadership, sometimes they think of positions, positional leadership, Mm -hmm. and that's the lowest level of leadership. So your position really means nothing in terms of what leadership truly is. Leadership is about people. It's about inspiring people. It's about imparting knowledge and wisdom and helping other people to see their potential and to fulfill their potential. That's what leadership is about. It's about having eagle's eyes and seeing further than others so that you can, you know, have that vision and share that vision and ignite a passion and a fire within the people that you lead to buy into that vision and then to execute, to deliver on that vision. So when John Maxwell says that everything rises and falls on leadership, he is absolutely correct because as the leadership goes, everyone follows, right? So if you have weak leadership, you're going to notice that productivity is low, engagement is low, people leave because the leadership is weak. If, if the leadership is poor, if the character isn't there, if, if you don't have good values, that infiltrates the entire organization. So when things go well, it's the leader's responsibility and, and they get credit for it. And when things are not going well, it's also the leader's responsibility and they are to blame for it. Right, So it's important that as leaders we understand that we have an awesome responsibility. It's not about the position. It's about you being trusted with a group of people and how you impart wisdom to them, how you help them to develop, and you together are able to execute that vision that you have for the organization, whether that's... um, you know, a, a nonprofit or a public uh, department in government or it's in the private sector or your own business, right? Leadership is about that, that group of people and how you are able to get them to fulfill their potential and to give birth to that vision that you have. Wow, that was really good. Um, I'm actually glad that you shared with um, the, the thing in, in terms of leadership being not just positional leadership, you know, positional leadership, because sometimes I find that a lot of people, when you talk about leaders or leadership, they automatically feel as though it has to be someone in a position. And sometimes I have to share with them the same, like what you shared, the same sentiments. But then I also go further and let them know, like, how many people do you really see in some leadership capacity that probably shouldn't be in that capacity, right? So clearly it shows that, you know, just having a position does not automatically um, mean that you're a leader or if you don't have a position in an organization or something that, that doesn't make you a leader, that you actually, you know, lead inside your home and so I'm glad that you, uh, that you really shared about that because I think that's important for persons to understand that you have to want to lead yourself first 
and our leadership goes beyond position and more to do with also being able to add value to those who are in your lead or you're responsible or even those who are around you. So um, definitely want to say thank you so much for for sharing that. Now, you are also in, um, you know, clearly you have taken a path of leadership on that path and you're even present in a leadership role. But one of the things I want to ask you, how do you know or when did you know that you were called to the areas of leadership, the area of leadership? You know, I was asked a similar question last year, and I, in that moment I realized that I was a leader from my high school years. I didn't recognize it as, as leadership at the time, but I was leading even from my teenage years. Um, and I believe my earliest um, leadership role would have been as the head girl of my high school and the editor of our school's magazine. Now, I didn't mm. understand that, you know, that was real leadership at that, that age. Um, I knew that I had responsibility. I knew that, you know, I had to get others to do their part in order for us to deliver, um, but I didn't really have the full understanding of what that meant in terms of leadership until later on into my 20s. So that would have been my earliest. And, you know, when I reflected on that, I realized how important it is for us to talk about leadership with children to help them to understand and see when they have leadership capabilities. Because another thing that John Maxwell talks about is that leadership is simply influence, and he's correct. Leadership mm-hmm. is influence, right? But not every leader is using their influence for good. So helping our yeah. young people recognize early what leadership is, and if they have that natural gift of influence, <clears throat> Because, sorry, some of us, you know, we, we may naturally have that, that um, ability to influence others. Some of us have to learn it. Um, so the age-old debate of whether a leader is born or, or if you can learn leadership, I think it's a bit of both. But some people just have some innate qualities and abilities about them that just makes them have, I guess, an edge or get there a little bit faster, Right. But mm-hmm. what I want to to really say to persons is that you're not just a leader when you're given a title or a position. You can lead even as an employee who is a line worker. You can lead by setting an example, mm-hmm. right? You can lead by raising your hand and saying, hey, you know, I can help you with that and taking the lead on certain projects and encouraging your peers to do the right things and, and training them, right? So leadership is not positional. Leadership is about the, the character and qualities of a great leader and how you use that no matter which role you're currently in because those are the things that cause you to shine and eventually have a position. So you don't start out as a leader by having a position. You start out as a leader by possessing qualities and characteristics that make leadership evident in you, and then the position follows. 
So one of the things that I always say to people when I'm coaching or speaking is that if you work on your character, work on your character, which Mm -hmm. is your foundation, your reputation takes care of itself. So every leader has a reputation, but if you focus Mm -hmm. on developing good character, sound character, then your reputation will be great as a leader because you yourself as a person possess good character. So I think sometimes we spend too much time wanting people to like us, figuring out how we can get people to agree with us or do for us based on, you know, our influence that we neglect to focus on what's important, and that is developing your character because once you have that character, no matter which role you're in, which space you're in, you're going to be great and you're going to do great things because you have spent the time working on yourself and preparing you for whatever it is that you'll encounter. I think that's really good, Um, especially when you talk about character. That is the one thing that's typically lacking sometimes. Yeah. Um, and some leaders, especially when they are in that position, um, when they're in you know leadership positions, and I love that you you know you talked about really you have to be a leader, so to speak, or you have to be leading and showing certain characteristics, like you mentioned, before you get the position. Most people think that once they get there, then they will develop certain things. No, you're supposed to have them before; it will be enhanced as you continue to work on yourself. But um, I think that's a really good point that you that you shared for those who really who may be tuning in and feeling so. Listen, once I get there, then I'll begin to do X, Y, and Z. When in actuality, you should already be performing prior to getting you know the position. Because like you mentioned, this is what will cause you to get the position. Um, and definitely, thank you for sharing on character because I think it is lacking so much now, um, unfortunately, among leaders. But as we continue to, and yourself, you continue to plow, um, as well as train and coach at leaders, definitely you will be making your, um, you know, uh, making your mark as well as being able to change the mindsets of those who are uh, leading. And so yeah. in that vein, I know you mentioned that you also do executive coaching, right? Somebody mentioned in your bio. From an executive leader standpoint, how important, so let's just say we have some executive leaders who are tuning in and they are listening in. How important is it for them to upgrade their leadership skills so they can continue the vision for the company or even the organization for which they are leading? I think that's a very important question because, you know, working with executives, I realize sometimes that they think somehow that because of the position that they hold, they've arrived and that there's no longer mm-hmm. a requirement for them to invest in themselves and to develop themselves because they feel as if they've already gotten all of the skills that they need to get to that level. You never, as a leader, you should never stop growing and learning, right? You should be a lifelong learner. And it is essential mm-hmm. for you as an executive to invest in yourself, to develop yourself, to ensure that you are constantly learning and evolving and growing because you have the responsibility to grow your team. And so how Mm -hmm. can you give 
persons and experience if you yourself don't have it? How can you pour into people if you are empty? So you have to prioritize your own development so that you're in a position to be able to then help to develop the people that are around you. Um, that That is essential, like more so than I think a lot of times middle managers end up getting the whip, right, for things mm-hmm. that are not their responsibility. Let's be real. A lot of times the things that we hold middle managers accountable for, they are within the remit of our executive leaders. And we pass mm-hmm. the buck, right? And so they, they're yes. smack in the middle there, and they take all of the, the whips, right, when the reality is that we need to look at ourselves as executives and recognize that it is our responsibility to first and foremost ensure that we are investing in us and developing ourselves. And then it's our responsibility to develop those middle managers because they then have the awesome responsibility of being able to develop their supervisors and line team members. So it starts at the very top. You as an executive, Mm -hmm. um, you should have a coach. Every executive leader mm-hmm. should have a coach because you don't know everything. You have to navigate yeah. some spaces where sometimes you can't even speak with someone within your organization because of the high level of confidentiality. So you need someone that you can trust to run things by and to get a second set of eyes who can give you a perspective that maybe you have not considered and help you navigate that space. So it's important for you to have that as an executive. It's also important for you to, you know, stay current with what what is trending. Stay current. Mm -hmm. Whatever your field is, you need to stay on top of it because things change. We are constantly seeing evolutions and we ourselves should be evolving as leaders. So investing in you is essential in leadership, especially because you are responsible for other persons. Leadership is about people. It's about people. And so if you're not growing, if you're not investing in you, you're not positioned to ensure that your team is being developed. And you fail them if they are not being developed. Mm, That's good. So, as I totally agree, it's number one as it relates to the executive, they definitely need a coach. And I've seen a a person to a lot of leaders and sometimes senior leaders, rather be in the ministry or marketplace, they honestly really do believe that they don't need another leader or they would have learned um, all of what they need to know. And so one of the things I, I like to say is that, you know, the minute you stop learning, you stop growing, right? And so I'm glad that you would have shared that in hopes that if there's any executive who's tuning in, that they would begin to take an, a deep dive or an internal look, you know, at themselves to see what it is that they're doing and how it is that they can uh, better facilitate their needs, yes, in terms of growth and development so that they're able to really be able to develop their, those, those that are, um, who report to them, you know, so you can have the, so there's a constant flow of information, knowledge, and growth happening inside their organization. And then you also mentioned about staying current. That's important. 
that is extremely important because, you know, if you stop growing or learning as an executive and you think you know any, everything and you don't learn or stay up to date or be a student of your craft or be a lifelong learner, I think this is where we run into, I don't say we, but this is where their issues tend to arise from those that are those who report to them may be a bit more uh, savvy than they are, right? Because they're working on themselves. And then here it is now, you have the leader who now becomes intimidated <laughs> by those who report to them because why they decided or they feel as though they don't need to learn, but their middle managers or, you know, uh, feelers who listen, says, more I want to learn this, more I want to grow. And then now it becomes a problem. You know, and so I do believe that that is where partially, not not all, but partially where some of the issues um, also stems from. Go ahead, and you're going to say Yeah, yeah I, I, I just wanted to say two things there, right? Um, one being you can learn from anyone. So not because you're the mm-hmm. leader means that you can't learn from your team, right? Because there are mm-hmm. things that they know that you don't. So engaging in dialogue with them and then allowing them opportunities to express their ideas and offer solutions is important because you're not going to think of everything and you can't achieve success alone. You can't. You need other people. And so what's the point of having a team if you're going to come up with everything yourself, right? That would, yeah. that would say to me that you don't need them, but you do need them. So allowing people that opportunity to shine, that's also something that leaders have to learn to do. And in situations where your team is outgrowing you, that, that's a mm-hmm. serious situation that you're, you're in. You know, you, you want your team to grow, but you all should be growing together. And I am of the view that I don't hug any position. My, my team throughout the years, I've always said to them, Prepare to take my role because for me, the day that I'm ready to move on to something else, I want to be able to select who is going to take over from me, from my team. I feel as if I'm not able to do that, that I've somehow failed Mm -hmm. as a leader. Right, And so I, mm-hmm. I encourage my team to learn all they can. I invest in them because I want to know that when I'm ready to move on to the next, they're able to ascend into the role that I'm leaving. And that's what every leader should want for their people. And if you can't give it to them in that organization, then you should be okay to allow them to go somewhere else where they can continue to mm-hmm. grow because that is your role as a leader. That's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I I truly love what you said. Um, and then also really like the lot of part that you mentioned, okay, you should be able to as a leader, you know, you can't give it to them in this in this organization and allow them to go elsewhere. Because I do see, you know, sometimes leaders don't always do the favorable thing to individuals who desire to leave who may be great employees or even leaders for just they just are never really given um, the opportunity to really showcase sometimes all of their skills or even, you know, given a position um, to really allow them just to really show who they are because, again, the, the intimidation sometimes by the leader. And so I really want to encourage every leader to tuning in. This is one, of course, self-leadership is key, 
But this is why it's important for you to continually grow so you don't have to feel like you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go, and, yeah. you know, go to the conferences, go and learn, get yourself a coach, you know, take a course. It, it, you doing that does not negate the fact that you're a leader. It doesn't mean that you're a poor leader um, at all if you decide to go ahead and do these things. But I truly encourage um, every leader, especially those who make, um, you know, those who make, decisions, the decision-makers, especially, we truly need you all to get the necessary training and development as well as coaching um, that you need. And one of the things I was telling someone the other day, even, you know, as it relates to John Maxwell, I was like, you know, all of the things that he's done, he's been a leadership expert for over 40 years, I said, and whenever he sits down to listen to someone else speak, he doesn't act like, well, who is this individual? He actually listens. And so to even have him, you know, as our mentor is like, when I look at that, I'm like, wow, you know, and I think it speaks volumes for individuals or if you're a leader, um, especially those in executive positions, if you are a leader and you can still humble yourself, so to speak, under someone else just to hear what they have to say, that speaks volume, more volume than anything else, I believe. I truly um, believe that. So, Shiva, now, one of the things I wanted to ask you, as a, or, for example, someone who may be pursuing leadership, it could be an executive, um, sorry, it could be an emerging leader, or someone who is, or someone who may be, um, who may be new to leadership, or they are aspiring for leadership, what are some of the pitfalls you think that they can avoid? You know, those persons who may say, listen, you know, I really want to be in leadership. Um, I believe that I'm a leader. Um, I believe that I have what it takes to possibly even be in a leadership capacity. What are some of the pitfalls that you believe or you feel that they can avoid along the way. And also, if you don't mind sharing, you know, this may be one of your lessons learned, I would say, as you have journeyed on your way to the top. So for those persons who are aspiring to leadership and, you know, you're you're wondering, what do I do to prepare myself? Like, one of the first things that I would say to you is, raise your hand in the organization and take on special projects because that creates visibility, right? A lot of times what I notice is that persons think because of their length of service that they will automatically ascend to the next role, and that doesn't always happen. So raise your hand in the organization, take on a special project because that gives you the opportunity to show your senior leaders what you are capable of so that when an opportunity arises, you're the first person that they're going to select. So that, that's the first thing. Do the job before you have the job so that you prove that you're capable of doing the job. The second thing is build relationships because you can't do anything without people. So it's important for you to foster good relationships within your organization and even networking outside of your organization because sometimes you have to make a move outside of the organization that you're in in order to get your first leadership opportunity. So relationships are key. And don't 
just try to network with the intention that I'm going to benefit from this person. No, network with the intention to add value to other people, to help them, because when you do that, you're saying to them that, you know what, this person is willing to give to me, so they'll also likewise be willing to extend opportunities to you to give you uh, uh, chances or recommend your name, call your name in rooms that you may not yet have access to. So build good relationships, add value to other people. Um, that That is also very important if you're looking to get into a leadership role. And as I said earlier, I think the most important thing that you can do is to work on yourself, work on you as a person. So look at some of the areas that are developmental areas for you, some of the weaknesses. I, I like to call them opportunities for growth, right? So the areas that you may yeah. not be naturally good at, work on those areas in preparation for your next role or your first leadership opportunity. And some of the things to avoid, don't be negative. Don't be negative. I refer to men and women who are negative as as um, negative Nancy's and pull-me-down Peters. You don't want to be surrounding yourself with those types yes. of people, and you don't want to be that, that type of person. You want to be a person who's optimistic, who exudes positivity because like attracts like. So if you, if you want that type of positivity in your life, then you have to be that, right, because that's what you're going to attract. So make sure that you're not a part of the problem. Make sure that when there's a challenge, you're thinking of solutions and, and recommending solutions because those are the types of persons that are going to be recommended for leadership roles. Leaders solve problems. Right? So don't be a pessimist. Don't be a person who's constantly complaining. Instead, try to find a solution to the challenges and, and give that information to the persons that can make a difference because that's going to highlight something good about you, and they will definitely want that on the senior leadership team. Um, and I, I think you wanted me to talk a bit about you know, what I have learned in my leadership journey or some of the, the challenges that I have had to overcome. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. me, I think one of the greatest lessons that I learned early on in my um, first senior leadership role, um, I had a person in my department who I considered to be a friend, but she was also older than I was, and so there was a level of, of respect, great respect there. But she was not performing. And so what I did is I tried to make it work. I picked up the slack and I, you know, tried to encourage her and knew that she wasn't quite there but did everything I could to try and not make it noticeable that she was not doing what she was supposed to and in the end, I found myself in a situation where I had to have the most difficult conversation, um, basically asking her if she was still in the game, if she still wanted the position, and, you know, if she didn't, that I would be prepared to try and, and get her a, a settlement agreement with the company because the pressure was on me as the leader because she was not delivering on her KPIs, and what I learned from that, in the end, she she took a payout, but what I learned from that is that you must hold people accountable. 
It doesn't matter how much you love them. As a matter of fact, if you love them, you have to hold them accountable, right? Because we all have responsibilities that we must fulfill. And so a good leader is going to be able to have that tough conversation and say that you're not pulling your weight, that these are the areas that you're, you're slacking on and ask, you know, what, what it is that you need. Giving you the, the support and the resources is one thing, but if after doing that you're still not meeting the targets, you're not meeting the KPIs, then a good leader is going to be able to say, you know, I have to document, I have to discipline because I must hold you accountable. And so that was something that I learned within the first year of my, my senior leadership role at a, at a group level. Um, so I, I no longer have that struggle. It was difficult, but I'm glad that it happened early on because now I know that immediately you have to have those tough conversations, have those courageous conversations, hold people accountable, support them, yes, but hold them accountable. Wow. So that was really good. So you shared some great nuggets. So you said that we could take a project, you express the importance of how totally we are building relationships. And, you know, not look at anything in return. If I find that sometimes if you're looking for things in return, like it never comes, <laughs> right? So do things without looking for um, anything in return. And by doing that, you're also doing it with a pure motive, with pure heart. You know, yeah. that's the, one of the ways how God is able to move. He's able to move through pure heart and pure motive. And, of course, so um, leadership or self-development. And most importantly, the negative man season. Oh my God! So I'm glad that you shared that because you know, as organizations or whatever um, company you find yourself in, persons like you mentioned, leaders are. Said when when we talk about leaders, people look at leaders as persons who are able to solve problems. And so, like you mentioned, in terms of being able to come with the solutions that, hey, here's an issue or here's a problem that I. See or even foresee, and here are some ways that we could, um, you know, here are some suggestions that I have for ways in which we can actually solve these problems. And so, thank you, Stephanie, you know, for sharing that um, as well. And then, most importantly, as leaders, you have to hold people accountable. There are so many leaders that I think struggle with holding people accountable. Um, there are leaders, or even senior leaders, that I've seen do some things wrong. And the first thing I say is, who is their coach? Who is their mentor? Who is leading that? Who are they accountable to? Now, I do get that, and this is for you, a person who are tuning in. So you could find yourself on a job and, you know, feel like the, the manager or whoever is kind of going rogue and no one is holding them accountable. I would say this to you. There are conversations that would happen that we never know about. However, the way how you will definitely know that I believe the conversations that are happening or they're being held accountable is by changed behavior. So yes. that is one of the ways that I think that you're really able to see or know whether or not a leader is being held accountable. Again, and that's going to be through changed behavior. If you don't see anything changing, that means either one, they're getting, they could be getting coach or mentor, but they're just not listening, <laughs> you know, or they just really just don't have anyone. They believe that they don't have anyone that they should. Um, be accountable to. And so this has definitely been, you know, some great nuggets, um, great conversations. You know, you gave us some really great pointers. Of course, things that I believe 
can change the trajectory of those who are tuning in and who are listening in right now. But before you, before we go, I just want to know, you know, what final advice would you give to our leaders tonight? You know, it could be something that you're thinking about, something that you didn't have to say, but what final advice would you give to our leaders who may be tuned in tonight? My final advice to leaders would be to, again, I'm going to go right back to this because I believe it's so important. I think it's it's one of the things that I see on a consistent basis that's lacking. Go back to character. Assess yourself. Like, get, get a 360 done if you feel as if you can't be objective, right? Get feedback on your leadership, and then be prepared once you have that information to work on yourself. Because what I, what I see in organizations a lot of times when I go in to conduct training is middle managers and line staff who say, well, my, man, my leader should be in this training, right? So mm-hmm. we, we basically spend the training dollars on everyone beneath us because we think they are the problem and they need the training when the reality is it is us who it is us who needs the the most work and development so being able to be that um self aware that you recognize that you have work to do right and you never mm-hmm. arrive you never arrive. I certainly know that mm-hmm. I will never arrive. I'm constantly working on myself because I know that I'm not perfect and there is no perfect person. And whenever I'm given feedback, I view it as a gift because it says to me something that, that I may have missed and I now have an opportunity mm-hmm. to work on that, to course correct, to fix it. So being open to receiving feedback and then using that feedback to work on yourself and become better. And you want to become better because you are responsible for people. And that is a great responsibility because when you consider that whether I do this right or wrong has a bearing on whether or not that person steps into their full potential and do what God has called them to do, that is a huge responsibility. And I would never want to be the cause of someone else not fulfilling their purpose in life because I fail them as a leader. So when you look at it from mm-hmm. that lens, it really makes you more responsible and accountable for your development and ensuring that you are doing right by the people that God has entrusted you to lead. Mm-hmm. That is really great. Um, I think that was a really great recommendation to- 360, the one of 360. Um, and I think it's really good too because sometimes, <laughs> you know, to try to have an open forum in terms of, let's just say, a meeting with um, employees and their, and their managers, sometimes the managers tend to catch a little feeling, as <laughs> we call it. Um, and then sometimes they may, they, tend to, they may get to do something, but at least if you do a 360, you know, it could. It could be a bit more objective, you know, where, they, where the leader would see when it's a bit more objective. Um, they probably would actually take it really into consideration in terms of being serious about what's happening um, or what is that they need to do. Because, you know, if you imagine there are some things that we can't see, we all have blind spots. We really do. And whenever I do believe that they are highlighted or brought to the forefront, I do believe that we should 
take time to reflect and see how best you can work on it and don't necessarily take the culture out, oh, this is just who I am, right? Because that's the one thing people like to say, oh, this is just who I am, right? And so I think that's a really good suggestion that, of course, in terms of just the self-awareness, um, one of the things I do every so often, I ask persons who are close to me, I would say, hey, how have I been doing? Like, I ask that question because, I mean, again, I want to be better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think my tone has been right? Do you think my attitude? Like, these are the questions that I ask, right? But because, I, again, I know that they will be honest with me. They will give me open and honest feedback. I don't take it personal because I know that it's coming from a good place. And I know they, they decide, they desire for me to be better. And I also desire for myself to be better. Will some of the feedback say, absolutely, you know, because no one wants to know that they're not doing certain things correctly or, not, you know, or the way in which they, so not when you think you're growing, you're really not growing, right? <laughs> so, but you have to be open to, you have to be open to all of that um, as a leader. And so definitely, Sheila, thank you so much. This has been a really great um, interview. You definitely gave us a lot of insight, a lot of powerful um, nuggets. But one of the things I want you to do is kind of let us know before we go. Let us know of any maybe upcoming events that you have, your email address, website, or just ways in which they can stay connected with you. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share that information. Um, My website is shebowilson.com. And uh, my next event is the Rewrite Your Story course. It is both self-paced and instructor-led. So some of the sessions are instructor-led and some are just working at your own pace. This is my second cohort for this year, um, starting on April 13th. So if you visit my website, you'll see the Rewrite Your Story tab, and you can register for the course there. It is virtual, so it doesn't matter where you are. Um, The last group, I had persons uh, from throughout the region and in the U.S., join so it doesn't matter where you are you're able to join and it's very affordable it's just 349 um there are four instructor led sessions and then the work the rest of the work is self-paced online so if you're looking to gain clarity about what it is that you want for your life and then mapping out that roadmap for how you're going to get there and having someone hold you accountable to take action towards that 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 Rewrite Your Story course is just for you. So you can register for that. Um, My book, Get Up and Lead, and the journal, the link to both of those are also on my website. Um, You'll see a tab for Get Up and Lead, and you can purchase those. Um, If you're not yet ready to make an investment uh, in a course, that's a great place to start. But I want to say this. Nothing changes until you do the work. Action is what's going to change things. So if you've heard this, um, you know, all of what we've said today and you're inspired and you don't take any action, well, you'll remain the same and nothing will change. But Mm -hmm. if you're ready to take action, you can visit my website and we can start working together to get you uh, where you want to be as a leader, not just for your professional life, but also your personal life. Yes. Um, well, I think you, you so asked me to share my email that. address. So I'll email address is Sheba oh, yeah, at Sheba at ShebaWilson.com. And social media handles, Facebook, Sheba Wilson, 
um, LinkedIn, Sheba Wilson, Instagram, Sheba L. Wilson. All right, and so thank you for sharing that. So everyone that's tuning in, make sure you go ahead and follow her um, so you can go ahead and stay up to date with everything that she has going on so you won't miss what is happening and you're able to, of course, be a part of it. And so to my faithful listening audience, you know, you know I love you guys. You guys rock with me week after week, and I appreciate you all. And so be sure to join me next week for another episode of Emerges Radio Talk. You know, this is a show where you'll be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. I am, again, Dr. Debar Johnson. Be sure to connect and stay connected with me on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, under Ida Tabara Johnson or Dr. Tabara Johnson. You can send me an email at info at My website is tabarajohnson.com if you desire um, training, coaching, even if you want to be a part of the show, you go ahead and you can send me a um, an email or either a DM. And be sure to stay on the lookout. Oh, I do have the Corporate Leaders Lab, so we desire to, you know, get inspiration as well as motivation on a daily basis. So it's a Facebook group that you are more than welcome to join. Um, I would advise you to stay tuned because I do have some other leadership things that is coming up, and I'm very excited to um, share it with you all. And so everyone... Thank you again for tuning in. Blessings, everyone, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at or follow us on all of our social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tavara Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining.